0: The mission of the St. Louis nonprofit organization Crime Victim Center is right there in its name. It helps victims of crime with counseling and legal service. It's been doing that work for 48 years. The vast majority of the people it helps are victims of domestic violence. 90% of them are women, and these are women like Alexis. She didn't want us to use her last name for reasons of safety, but she agreed to share her story with us today. So, Alexis, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you so much. So you were
0: 25 when you had your son. When did your relationship with the boy's father first turn violent?
1: Um, it started before I actually even got pregnant, actually.
0: Um, and
1: so, you know, about a year and a half before we had him. Okay, and and how bad did things get? Um, He had physically injured me numerous times, broken into windows. He had forced me to stay in houses. Um, It it was pretty bad.
0: Yeah, that Um, that sounds terrible, and I'm I'm sorry that you dealt with
1: that. I actually had the courage to finally leave him, and then three days later I found out we were pregnant, so. That's Uh, a tough time in there. Yeah, then the roller coaster started all over again. So you found
0: out you were pregnant, you ended up having your son. Um, When did you get to a point where you decided, um, hey, I I can't deal with this, I'm I'm getting out of here?
1: Um, When he physically was, he tried to yank my son from my arms. Um, He withheld the car seat. When I felt that my son was in danger, Mm -hmm. Um, I I instantly, I, I was done. When I, the first time I felt my son's life be affected negatively, and that something could happen. I couldn't live with myself if something happened to my kid. And this was someone. He's my world. <laughs> <laughs> How old is your son today? Um, he'll be five August first.
0: Okay, so this was really a catalyst um, for you getting out of this um, this situation. How were you able to get out?
1: Um. So the when the when he, my son's dad, decided to try to force me to stay in the house for this last time while he was yanking on my child. Um, I And he had the car seat and locked the door so I couldn't get out. I finally was able, I dropped the car seat, I grabbed my son and we ran out the door. I put him on the floorboard of my car mm. um, because I literally, I, <laughs> I didn't know what else to do, but I didn't, I knew that he was going to try to stop me mm-hmm. um, and while I put him in the floor and as I was trying to get into my car seat, he punched me in my face.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Um, and so I called the police. Um, I yanked, I didn't, couldn't even get my door shut all the way and I drove off. Um, the door was shut where my son was on the right hand (laughs) side of the car (laughs) but where I was at um I my driver's door wasn't even completely shut but I drove off um and I had called the police and thankfully um it was on camera because he did go directly to the courthouse to file a restraining order against me um with accusations and lies of course um when I arrived he was there um, and he goes. That's that's who I want an order of protection against.
0: You must and have just I been was, freaking out.
1: Uh, I was sick. I mean, I I was a new mom. My child was I don't know eight pounds. I mean, it was it was absolutely terrifying. It was absolutely sickening. I was an emotional wreck. I mean, I no one ever wants this to happen, you know. And I finally had got that courage to leave him, and then you know we got pregnant. So. One of the ladies that was working there came out to me and she was like, let me let me take you into this room. And I'm I'm like sobbing in tears. It was it was just so scary. And the fact that I'm in a room with him at, you know, when we walked in Mm -hmm. was petrifying. So she brought me into a room and she was like, you hold him. You tell me what you want to write down and we will, you know, get your order protection working. They had him stay there. He was under the impression that he was in the right, of course, that he was going to get the order of protection, um, and they waited until I filled out my paperwork and served him right then and there.
0: That must have um, just felt th- like the best moment to realize that <sighs> they w- believed you.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, there were you. He would have seen my face. You would have. <laughs> there would have been no way not to. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was a very, very good manipulator. He still currently is a very good manipulator and a really good liar so you know he did try to deframe my character and me as a mom so that was that was really hard to go through that part of it too but they then gave me um my attorney now Katie Wessling they gave me her information who works with them and she I mean has just done everything and I feel like I'm paying her a million bucks for the work that she does and mm-hmm. what their company does or what their business does.
0: And so you got in touch or you you got this lawyer uh, through the Crime Victim Center, is that correct?
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. They actually contacted her for me. I guess they worked together. Um, they contacted her for me, kind of explained my story and everything that was going on, and then she contacted me. We met, and it went all uphill from there. When when everything happened, I, I mean, my son's dad took the food out of the fridge, everything. Mm-hmm. And I didn't work during my pregnancy. Um, so you were kind of at his mercy there. Oh, 1,000%. I had nothing. Um, we, he, he convinced me to stop working um, while I was, I think I left when I was about two months pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I had no income. You know, he paid the bills. We lived together. Um, but he also made all of the rules. Um, and controlled absolutely every aspect of my life.
0: That is, It's such a terrifying situation, and yet there you are, you know, that day you had finally managed to flee. You had your son on the floorboard of the car. You get away, and then the people that are there, they're actually – they help you. They understand your side of things. They don't just trust what he's saying. Was this a real breakthrough that somebody actually um, believed? Oh, my God.
1: It, it was incredible. What I think about it, it makes – it so emotional, you know, because – What I went through was hell, needless to say, you know, and I didn't know what, you know, we had ahead of us for my son and I, Mm -hmm. um, and the crime victim people there were just amazing. They mean, they did everything they could to help me. Um, and you know, now four years later, five years later, you know, I own a business and I own my house and I own my car I wouldn't have been able to do it without them at all. Like, there's no doubt in my mind.
0: Well, that is um, because amazing. Because my yeah. son's,
1: my son's dad tried to get full custody of my son.
0: So he fought you every step of the way, including in the court uh, system when he couldn't fight you oh, at home. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. And his his sob story in front of a judge. If you didn't know him and you didn't know me, and you didn't, we didn't have the police reports and the video of him punching me and all the evidence that of things that he had done to me, I would have believed him. He's a very, very manipulative individual.
0: Well, it's such a terrifying situation, but it is such a testimonial for the Crime Victim Center. And our, our other guest here today um, is Marty Kelly, the executive director of the Crime Victim Center. And Marty, hearing Alexis say that about your organization, um, what's going through your
2: mind is, as you heard her just say that? <laughs> how invaluable this work was? Alexis is very sweet. And we appreciate what she says. We help more than 5,000 people every year with similar, similar situations.
0: Hmm. We often think of people fleeing these situations as needing um, support with food or needing support with money. We don't always think about the legal side of things. How big is that in terms of what your organization works on?
2: It's huge. Um, we have advocates that also work at the courthouses and at the police stations that help domestic violence clients when they call our uh, we call them after a weekend if we hear that there's a disturbance somewhere we contact them so it's very important. The legal side is very important. It helps them get the help that they need so that they can get in a safe place.
0: Now, the way um, Alexis t- told that story, it almost seemed as if you just sort of magically materialized. <laughs> Alexis,
1: was that what it felt like to you that the, the Crime Victim Center 1, was 000- suddenly in your life? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was 1000%. And I would say, you know, finding food and all those other resources, I mean, it's harder out there. But the legal side is what, you know, what what we needed and if I could ask for help with anything looking back of what you know what I I dealt with the legal side is one thousand percent the most needed Mm. I mean you can go to a food shelter and get food you can go and try you know go to a woman's shelter those are options that are out there for everybody but the legal help it it's unspeakable I mean I my son's dad like I said he he took me to court for full custody Mm -hmm. without without the organization I mean yeah. I I'm a I know I'm a great good person and I love my son more than anything on earth but when you have somebody who has a job who has a house you know and then you have myself I'm referring to my son's father then you have myself who didn't work for 10 months mm-hmm. you know I have no income I can't even support myself you know without without the organization there's who knows who knows what would have happen
0: now, Marty, the one thing we all know about lawyers is that they don't tend to be cheap. Um, how are you able to provide these lawyers to help women in these cases where they just can't pay for it themselves?
2: All of our services are free, and we are able to open um, offer those due to the government funding that we receive, also private funding from corporations and individual donations.
0: Hmm. And so are the lawyers on staff, or are they um, also um, uh, doing this in yeah. addition to
2: other work? So we have one full-time attorney that works for us, and then she has a battery of volunteer attorneys that she can call into a case, depending if it's in Jefferson County, Franklin County, um, St. Louis City, she can call them and say, hey, I got a case for you. And um, she has spent 20 hours at least training these volunteer lawyers before she hands a case over to them. Hmm. So they're specially trained in issues involving domestic violence. Yes.
0: So I have to ask you about one thing. I mean, it's it's just great to hear how well Alexis is doing today. But we were just talking to Public Safety Director Jimmy Edwards, and he was talking mm-hmm. about during this pandemic, as people have been stuck at home, that there have been an increase in domestic violence to the point that he, you know, he referred to a case where somebody had been murdered in a domestic situation. Yes. How have you seen um, the lockdowns and, and the sheltering at home play out um, in terms of the people you serve?
2: We've seen an escalation in domestic violence. Some, um, some agencies won't tell you that they did, but we are at the police station and we get copies of the police report. And uh, we can tell you that in April, there was a 225% increase in the county and a 25% increase in the city. And the police officers that we spoke to and asked them why they thought that was, they believe that it's because uh, the people in the county Aren't essential workers as often, and they're staying home, and working with their spouse in a home instead of going out and still leaving every day for work.
0: So they don't even have a chance to get out and call for help.
2: Yeah.
0: Alexis, thinking about these people being stuck at home with their abusers, does that put you back into the situation you were in?
1: Definitely. I mean, like I said, I didn't work, so. I spent every day with my son's father when he wasn't at work. I wasn't supposed to leave the house. I couldn't imagine. I think about that and I pray for those people all the time just because I I went through that for so
2: long.
0: Marty, Um, now that that things are opening up, is the situation changing?
2: It really hasn't yet. We believe that it will very soon, but it's still the same. Uh, Our advocates that work in the county are... Receiving many more calls than they normally do and the thing about the calls is they're usually um, Worse than they were before because of the escalation because they're living together longer and everything uh, So it's a real challenge
0: How uh, do you get the sense that local law enforcement is prepared to deal with all this? I mean these are such tough issues as Alexis was explaining her her abuser uh, Tried to make himself look like the victim. Yeah,
2: I don't think that um, anyone was ready for this. I don't think any of us were ready for COVID-19. I believe that the police officers are doing the best they can and they're forwarding uh, the clients to us and we're doing the best we can and we're hopefully helping a lot of people.
0: And it sounds like you're, you're just doing the Lord's work here. If people are listening to this and they feel like um, they feel like they want to help your organization, what can, what can we do?
2: Well, we would love a donation. Our website is supportvictims.org, and there's a donate button there. Uh, We also have a trivia night coming up on August 28th. Fingers crossed. Uh, at the Kirkwood Community Center. And you can also register for that on there.
0: We do wanna say if you or someone you know is the victim of domestic violence, um, you wanna call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. That's again the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And Alexis, in just our last minute here, if somebody's listening to this and they are in one of these situations, what would you want them to know?
1: that they can get through it. Um, It's hard and it's scary, um, but it's for the best.
0: And and your life is proof that um, people can, they can get through a moment like this and there's there's a great life on the other side.
1: Definitely, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, Alexis, I wanna thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story.
1: Absolutely, thank you for your time.
0: And Marty Kelly, Executive Director of the Crime Victim Center, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.